Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 14 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Genesis chapter 12 today, and our focus is on the call of Abram and our call. Thank you for joining us for Bible 2021. We're a daily 10-minute podcast where we will dig into the truth of God's Word by reading one chapter a day and discussing it. Thank you for listening. Our focus this year is on daily Bible reading, and that means you can jump in at any time. So invite people to join with you in daily listening to and discussing and thinking about the Word of God. It'd be great if you could share the show on social media and leave us a review on iTunes, post about it on Facebook. And just my goal personally is to get as many people involved as possible in daily Bible reading. Our website, Bible2021.com, has a contact page, daily show notes, which is pretty much a transcript of the show, and more, including the reading plan we are following. So all you got to do is go to Bible2021.com slash reading plan, and you can download it there as a PDF or doc. Today we are reading the 12th chapter of Genesis, which focuses on the beginning of God's relationship with Abram, his call of Abram, and his promise to bless Abram and his offspring, which is one of the most momentous events in the Bible. And I got to say, you might be wondering why I'm saying Abram instead of Abraham, because Abraham is his ultimate name. God changes his name to that. We'll discuss that eventually. But at this point in his life, he is merely Abram. First, we need to note the nature of God's call. Very beginning of Genesis 12, verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. That's our verse of the day. I note that almost no specifics are given to Abram other than the command to go. And Gosh, think about that. Put yourself in that position. God just says, Go. I'm going to show you where you're going to go, but, you know, not yet. Go. That's had to have been incredibly shocking to this guy. Called away from his extended family with no details beyond just go to the land I will at some point in the future show you. Now, there's so much to discuss here in this passage, but let's begin with Abram himself. What was his nationality? Where was he from? Well, we find out in Genesis 11 that he was from what the Bible calls Ur of the Chaldeans, which is not a country name that is meaningful to most people today, but likely refers to Ur, U-R, a Sumerian city that is in modern-day southern Iraq. So let that sink in for just a moment. Father Abraham was from modern-day Iraq a true Middle Easterner in every way. So let's read Genesis 12 and see what other important details we can unearth in this passage. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the site of Shechem at the Oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. 
He built an altar to the Lord there, and he called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram journeyed by stages to the Negev. There was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to stay there for a while, because the famine in the land was severe. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, Look, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say this is his wife. They will kill me, but let you live. Please say you're my sister, so it will go well for me because of you, and my life will be spared on your account. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. Pharaoh's officials saw her and praised her to Pharaoh, so the woman was taken to Pharaoh's household. He treated Abram well because of her, and Abram acquired flocks and herds, male and female donkeys, male and female slaves, and camels. But the Lord struck Pharaoh and his household with severe plagues because of Abram's wife Sarai. So Pharaoh sent for Abram and said, What have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister, so that I took her as my wife? Now, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave his men orders about him, and they sent him away with his wife and all he had. Well, I guess the less said about that situation of Abram pretending to be Sarai's brother and not her husband, the better. What an incredibly strange and selfish move. And he does it twice. Well, an important lesson to us about solving our problems via sinful means, I suppose. More positively, we do see the wonderful promise of God in Abram's call found in verse 3, where God says, I will bless those who bless you, I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I, along with many others, see this passage very similar to the Evangelion, the first gospel of Genesis 3. God is telling Abram that all of the earth is going to be blessed through him. Well, how could that possibly be the case? And the only answer that makes sense, looking in hindsight, is Jesus, of course, who will be a descendant of Abram. Coming full circle from our earlier mention of the ethnicity of Abram, we can also see here that Jesus was directly descended from an Iraqi person. The implications of that are many, but one of the most important one in 2021 is this, that white supremacy of any form in a person who claims to be a Christian is among the silliest, most reprehensible, and foolish stances that is possible in a human being, given that Jesus is descended from an Iraqi man. But back to more good news, the promises of God to Abram. God promises to make Abram into a great nation. And do remember, this was before Israel became a people, to bless him and to make his name great. God further promises that Abram will be a blessing to others and that God himself will bless those who bless Abram and curse those who curse him and that the whole earth will be blessed through this man. And that's not all either. Now we get to the promised land. Genesis 12, verse 7. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And there it is, the promise of the promised land. Why does God make all of these promises of blessing to this wandering guy in the desert from Ur of the Chaldeans? And the answer is this, we have no, no earthly idea. The Bible never gives us any sort of indication why God chose this guy. But I tell you, I consider it an act of undeserved grace. Why grace? 
Well, we see it at the end of the chapter. We see the character of Abram. I suppose in many ways he seems to be a very decent guy, but we also see that he is the kind of guy that can put his wife in marriage at great risk just to save his own skin. And that tells me that God didn't choose Abram because he was the best guy in the world. He chose him by grace. Now, in the call of Abram, theologian Gary Black Jr. gives us some wisdom because he sees some parallels in the way that Jesus calls us his people as well. He writes, In the call of Abraham, Abraham, God's blessing was not for Abraham specifically. The blessing was to be shared, highlighted, emulated, and implemented in all the nations of the world. In Abraham's demonstration of his confidence in Yahweh's will and ways, other nations, or people groups in Hebrew, would be blessed, would thrive and flourish. This is the same concept that Jesus explains in his Sermon on the Mount. His exhortation to his followers, us, is that we are to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. It's a repetition of God's intent to demonstrate God's worthiness to all the families of the world, meaning tribes, families, clans, or people groups on the earth through Abraham and his descendants, the whole world not just the Hebrews, not just Christians, is to thrive as a result of God's relational engagement with our lives. The Hebrew word for nations is the same word we see Jesus using, which is ethnos in Greek, in what we call the Great Commission of Matthew 28. There, in that passage, just as Abraham was called and then sent out, Jesus calls and sends his students out into all the people groups of the world to teach his ways and to immerse new students in the good news of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus promises that when we do these things, leading by example, shining our light, he will be with us just as Yahweh promised to be with Abraham in his endeavors. So let's close with our Bible memory verse for the month of January is Mark 1.15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Shout out to my daughter Phoebe who said this verse to me earlier today unbidden. Uh, maybe you've memorized it by now too. Mark 1.15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Well, may the Lord bless you, friends. May he guide your steps and give you wisdom. Good day to you and Godspeed.